0: We are set. All right. Welcome to Moadon Ibri, Club Hebrew. And we are on the, what is it, the one, two, three, four, fifth one. The fifth of the penitential psalms. We're making our way right through them. This is a good one, less known than the other ones, I think. The ones we've been going through so far have been pretty well known. This one is less known, but when I was reading it the other night, I was like, whoa, this is a powerful one. I'm just working in the first 50 in my commentary, so, you know, these other ones I'm bracketing up. But this, no, this is a great psalm, and uh, more complex Hebrew, as you will see when we get in it. But you will see, and see, again, some of the same themes repeating themselves, and I think probably some of the same vocabularies. But he has an interesting way of expressing himself here in very vivid language. Uh, that I want you guys to take a look at. So we're going to be in Psalm 102. Notice it's a longer psalm. There's uh, 29 verses to verses it. To that did we oh. finish the last Oh, oh we didn't. Did we? <laughs> and this one guy on the internet will kill me if I don't do that. Which one? On, which one? <laughs> 30, on, 38, on Psalm 38, the last... 22 and 23. Oh yeah, okay. Gosh, you guys are good. I forgot that totally. <laughs> Alright, let's go to Psalm 38, first of all, and finish these up for the sake of completeness. Uh, verse 22. So just forget everything I said, and uh, I'll repeat it again in two minutes. yeah Do not forsake me, O Lord. Again, notice the al plus the prefix verb from the um, call form azab to forsake. Do not forsake me, O Lord. Uh, Paul, notice the um, Masoretes. Um, divide the kola right there. They put the Atnak after Yahweh. So it's do not forsake me O Lord. O my God do not be far from me. Uh, Verse 23 Chusha le ezrati Adonai teshuati Chusha is a call imperative from Chush means to hasten. I think it's a synonym with maher and we'll see that later maher. Hasten uh, for my help, this is actually a noun, um, Ezra, help. Um, so hasten, and we would probably translate hasten to help me, or but hasten to be my help, um, O Lord Adonai, my teshuwa is. Notice you can see the root yashat to save, and again another noun, O my salvation or my rescue. All right. So again, notice how the faith of the psalmist. Rises to the top, when we get to the second half of this song. All right, good, good. Any questions on those two verses, man? I ripped right through them. All right, let's get to 102. Yeah. New soup, new dessert. That's what we got to do. Okay, now, um, forget it. Well, just remember now. I want you to recall everything I just said because we're going to start with verse one, and you'll see again the vivid language that he uses. It's really good. Uh, Verse 1 is the title of the song, and notice it's a very different kind of title than we have seen before. It doesn't give a melody, and it doesn't give um, authorship, and uh, any of the regular sign points. Okay, so, Tefillah Le'oniki Yatov, Velifne Yahweh Yishpok Sicho. Notice it's called a tefillah, a prayer. There's a few psalms that are categorized as prayer. So this is specifically a prayer. Tefillah, oni, for um, an afflicted one. Oni is a na- is an adjective, means afflicted. And so here it's used to refer to one under affliction. So a prayer for an afflicted one, or maybe by an afflicted one. Ki ya'atok. Ya'atok means to be faint, it's a call. Imperfect, and notice the patak is under the yod. Why? Does anyone know? Sure. Because of the guttural. So you get that change instead of um, uh, hirik under there. Okay, so uh, a prayer for an afflicted one or by an afflicted one. See? The lamad is ambiguous. Uh, normally the key is interpreted in a temporal way when he is faint. Alright? And before Yahweh, Um, Yishpok and before Yahweh he pours out Sicho he pours out his Siach his complaint he pours out his lament so Siach is the word for lament so prayer uh, of an afflicted one or by an afflicted one for an afflicted one when he is faint and before Yahweh he pours out his complaint alright very interesting title for the song Uh, any questions on verse 1 is there significance to the the verb when he pours out is that often coupled with complaining? Um, It can be, it's it's more more often uh, probably combined with something like blood or water. You pour out blood or you pour out water. But here, I mean, even in English we have that same kind of idiom. It's kind of interesting how it transfers to pour out your complaint, to pour out. All right. Um, I don't know if it's still a metaphor or if it's a dead metaphor by this time. Who knows? All right, good. Verse 2. Oh, Yahweh Shema Tefilati Shav Ati lekatavo, O Lord, hear my prayer See that Shema word? It looks very unusual, but it's a simple call imperative What's unusual about it? It has that hay at the end, which we've seen before, and it changes the pointing under it uh, So it has the hay like a jusset form might have or cohorter form, I'm sorry so, O Lord, hear my prayer, and remember I suggested that some grammarians think that the hey on an imperative functions to when is especially emphasized action directed for the speaker or in the interest of the speaker, which would certainly be the case here. So, O Lord, hear my prayer and my cry to you, tavo, may it come. So that is that famous line, O Lord, hear my prayer and may my cry come to you. All right. Any questions on verse 2? Alright. Al tas ter paneca zarli. Do not hide. What conjugation is Taster? ter? yeah. From satar, to hide. And in the niphal it means to hide oneself. Kind of intransitive, like I hid in the woods. But notice this is the hipfeel, so there's an object. Do not hide your face from me. That's one of the greatest fears of the prophets, but also the psalmists, that God would hide his face, see, and they interpret the ill fortune that comes their way as Yahweh angry, and he's hidden his face, so when your faces, when, remember, I, those of you who had me for psalms and writings, I just read it again today in C.S. Lewis' The Weight of Glory, have you ever read that? It's a great sermon that he preached, The Weight of Glory, and in that sermon he talks about what kavod means, and in the midst of his discussion there, he reminds us in a very Lutheran way that God's face is either turned towards you or turned away from you. And uh, he's either turned towards you in his grace and mercy or he's turned away from you in this kind of terrible fear. But he says it as only C.S. Lewis can. And so notice that that's what the psalmist fears. Don't hide your face from me. In the day of trouble to me, all right, so in the day of my trouble, Tsar, distress, from the root zarar to bind or to be bound. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, the last line. Hate elai ozneka beyom ekra maher aneni. Hate, what's the root? Very good. Hippial imperative from nata, to stretch or to incline. Incline to me your ear. In the day. Ekra, in the day I call, notice the uh, Masoretes have a rabia there for just a little pause, in the day I call, maher, hasten. Remember Chusha in the previous psalm, here's maher, the PL imperative. Hasten, oneni, answer me. Again, a uh, call imperative. Notice how imperatives are juxtaposed to each other, so you have three imperatives in that last line. Incline to me your ear, in the day I call, hasten, help me. So, Notice when you pile up imperatives, it gives us a sense of his urgency, a sense of his desperation, just like in our language. See, if we're real desperate and we need help, you're going to call a lot of imperatives. Get over here, help me right now. See, quick, come. Stuff like that. All right, good. Any questions through verse 3? Yeah. Do you, you think know? this word hard to bind, you know, from that trilateral? Triliteral. It, triliteral, triliteral room? trilateral. That has something to do with the word that they choose in the New Testament. Um, flipsis, you know, oppression, kind of like the squeezing, um. you know, for yeah. I think that that's this is that's that. I think that that's a common translation of Septuagint for that. <laughs> Same thing, yeah. Um, remember, there's a lot of words in the Psalms for when you're in trouble. The <laughs> you know, psalmists were in a lot of trouble a lot of times. So you got a lot of words for it, right? If something's important, you use a lot of words, and tsar is one of those. Um, and you'll see a lot of synonyms. Um, in the Psalms for it and uh, so you know the best English translation sometimes it seems up in the air um, good let's go to verse 4 here's where he gets kind of very vivid in his language for they are ended see the root there from Kala um, and the subject is Yamai for my days are ended in in smoke my days have ended in smoke or have ceased or have come to an end in smoke. What an image. And my bones, my bones, now the verb is at the end, Nikharu. Okay, everybody look at that nikharu. It looks so strange because you have one of those double iron roots which we all hate. It's from the root charar and it means that means to be hot or to be scorched. This is a nifal form. Nicharu. And of course the comets is under there because it's at the end of the verse so you get the lengthening of the vowel which makes it look really odd. See? So whenever you see a chafal by rash, think harar or hara something like anger, wrath, burning. Okay? And then you're kind of probably going to be right. So this is a nifal form. So my bones are scorched or are burned up chemo you'll see this form often in poetry it's the same equals the preposition my bones like a cade my bones like a furnace or a hearth maybe a fireplace are burned what a vivid way to describe his own kind of physical suffering my days have ended in smoke and my bones like a hearth are scorched or burned Okay, kind of think about that for a second. Um, questions through verse 4. Verse 5. Huka ka'esev v'yibash l'bi ki me me'akol l'ach mi You cannot listen to the rhyme. Huka ka'esev vayibash l'bi ki shakakhti me'akol l'ach Alright, huka. Look at that thing. This is a rare hafal form. Don't lose sleep over it. <laughs> it's from the root naka, which you know is to strike or to smite. A lot of times it occurs in the hip feel. Here's the passive form. hafal, perfect. To, so to smite, to be smitten. Okay, to be struck. And the, the um, subject comes way at the end. So you're already noticing a pattern here of subjects kind of coming at the end. Uh, notice... Um, Kind of interesting. So, like a ashev, like a bush or a plant, my heart has been struck. And yivash, uh, that's a call imperfect vav consecutive from yavash to dry up. So my heart has been struck like a plant, and it has dried up. Okay. So is that like suspenseful. You don't know the subject. I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you don't know the subject, so it's it kind of like you. When you're reading, the emphasis will fall on that because it's kind of what you're waiting for. Notice what it does in you as a reader's create a certain kind of anticipation. So, for they have end. Look at verse four. For they have ended in smoke my days. So you see, um, it kind of mentally what you do as a reader is you're anticipating, anticipating when it comes, there's a little more force to it. That's kind of how I would explain what happens. And now notice, I mean, see the chiasm in that verse 4. So you're thinking of days, and my bones, see now you're, you're anticipating the verb, yeah. and my bones, like a hearth, are scorched. See, it's just... A way that you're... When you see a chiasm, you're organizing thoughts in a certain way and seeing what goes with what. So days and bones, you're kind of putting them together in your mind. So here, is struck like a bush. See, it's kind of interesting you put those together because you usually strike enemies or strike people. But is struck like a bush and has become dry. Libby, my heart. (laughs) Okay? Um, Key here... Um, notice, key doesn't have its logical because meaning here. Shakhti, I would translate this more severatively. I certainly have forgotten, or I've even forgotten, me a me, as it's pointed in the Hebrew text. akol is an infinitive construct, and me would be what preposition min, and so it's unusual. I looked at it and I couldn't find any more places where where. Um, I forget to do something is shakach followed by a min. This is very unusual, and that's why you have in the footnotes another pointing for ma'akol as food. Food, my bread. Um, probably, so, but in, if you go by the Hebrew, it's for I have forgotten to eat my food. Or I, cert- I have even forgotten to eat my food. In other words, I would put the key as assertive or severative. Uh, I certainly have, I have even forgotten to eat. See, that's kind of what he's doing. So it's more an emotional reaction. Alright? And he follows up on that in verse 6. Hmm. Alright, good. Any questions through five? Good. Verse 6. Nicole Anchati, Davkats me, Liv Alright, from the sound of my groaning. Anacha? Okay, from the sound of my groaning, cleaves my skeleton to my flesh again you're putting strange images together so you see this because of the groaning see because of the sound of my groaning my bones have cleaved to my flesh they don't, they don't go together easily, and so as a reader, you're forced to grapple with these kind of disparate images and putting them together. So notice what it does to the kind of groaning he's doing. He's kind of groaning so much that it's actually causing him physical wasting away. All right, and so you get this sense of a you know a starving beggar on the street. Uh, you know, in the New Testament, you have some of these lepers who are on the outside dying and. Uh, Needing attention, and so notice how he's picturing himself so vividly here. And we don't know what's going on in his life, but again, his physical distress is described um, as if it's some kind of disease or some kind of physical format Right? We don't have, I don't think, um, any reference to enemies yet. Right? Verse seven: Damiti midbar hayiti kekos This is weird. I am like, see the root here is Dama, to be like, a call, perfect, first common singular, I am like to a ka'a. you know what a ke'ah is? A pelican. I'm like a pelican, I'm like a pelican of the desert, midbar. A desert pelican. They must not be good. <laughs> Maybe it means vulture or something. Maybe uh, is better thought of as vulture. I don't know how animals match up to our terms, but that's kind of the common pelican. I am like a coast Kos is another word for a bird, and it's usually translated as owl. I am like the an, an owl of the kharavot. vote. Notice the ruined places, the dry places. Kos. Okay, so I guess he's thinking, you know, of these birds, these the desert dwellers that, you know, just survive on the. Scarcest of anything. Have you looked at the context of, See see if it's like literally a pelican, then would it come to, like the desolation? Like if he's a beggar, I mean, if I was a pelican in the desert, I probably wouldn't eat very much. But I don't right. know how literally that's kind of a very. Right, see, again, yeah, I, I suppose that they're pretty accurate terms, but again, you don't know if by pelican it means our pelican because I don't know all the species of birds. There is a book, um, Every Living Thing, that actually has all this stuff kind of categorized, and I didn't look at it to see. They actually have the species name, so they'd have Ka'a here, and then species, blah, 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 and what it kind of refers to and describes it. It's kind of an interesting work um, to see what they're talking about, because all kinds of flora and fauna are mentioned in the Bible. Um, and so what they're refer- It's an attempt to try to match the biblical words to the plant life. Does the pelican choke a lot? This is well, not that, un- I mean, it, there's a number of places that, uh, that always, it. But not it always like show up when like the bad things? Yeah, usually. Yeah. These things, I mean, this is kind of a bad description, like a this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's prophetic, you see it. Um, yeah, right, so bad Like our black cat. Maybe. See, maybe, yeah, that's a good, good point. Maybe there's a reference here, uh, implicit is the understanding of what happens when one of these birds show up. It's like. Well, we see a vulture, you think, "Uh uh-oh, something's dead. So maybe that's what it is when you see these birds. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know. Good. Verse 8. Shakad means to lie awake or to be awake. Be watchful as you're kind of awake. So I am awake or I lie awake. Now notice how the Masoretes punctuate. Because really Ketzippor goes closely with eh, yeah. but as the Masoretes have divided the colon here, they want it kind of split. So I lie awake and I am. And then you stop. Ketzibor. like a bird. Bodade is uh, to be separate. That's just a call participle. Like a bird being separate on a gog, on a roof. Gog is roof. All right. <coughs> very interesting language. So I don't know why the Mazarites put the Atnach there and don't put it after Zippur. Uh, they're following some tradition and maybe it has to do with the type of psalm it is. Notice it would make the line very jagged. And I don't know if that's why they're doing it or not. And maybe this shed line on... The the meaning of the prayer in the dream the prayer verse about isolation. But isolation yeah. Maybe. But see, again, yeah, and again, if you stop after, F, yeah, notice how you're suspended as a reader, waiting. I lie awake and I am. See, how right away, am what? See, you're begging for something to fill in the blank. Um, and uh, uh, like a bird then, finally kind of fills that anticipation. So he kind of does that Through the way he's ordering his words, it's always making you wait. It's making you kind of anticipate. See, and so I'm wondering if that's part of the effect that the psalmist wants the psalm to have on you, because in a sense the speaker is quotes waiting. Uh, You know, again, that's very speculative. So don't take that as gospel. All right. Any questions through verse eight? Yeah. What aspect is this bold deed? That's a simple call, uh, participle from Badad. To be alone or to be separate. So I am like a bird who is separate. So it would be a function like a verb here. A stative verb. stative verb. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Uh, verse 9. Kol hayom kherfuni va Here we have this other. See, this always happens. Meholalai lalai bi nishpau. Okay. All day they reproach me. This is from haraf, kherpa. They, all day they reproach me, boy, by my enemies. So notice how it goes from physical distress to enemies. So notice it makes you have this wider definition of enemies if you're reading along, not just, well, here it seems like, uh, in some psalms the enemy seems to be that distress, but here another external. So it's, the enemies are always in waiting, see? The enemies are always in view. So all day... My enemies reproach me. Meholalai again. This is from the root halal, a poleal participle, and it means to boast. So those who deride me or boast over me, so my deriders, then um, nishba'u they swear by me. They utter a curse by me. So in other words, it's almost like my name has become a byword or a curse. And then that nishbaz, of course, um, you have the nifal or the hitvul of that root shava, either to uh, swear in the nifal or to make someone swear, make someone take an oath in the feel. All right, good. Uh, questions through verse nine, verse ten. Ki efer kalechem akalti, veshikuvai bivaki masakti, ki afer. For dust, kalechem, as food, akulty I have eaten, or I eat, for I, so I eat dust as food, and shikhuva. You can even if you've never seen that word, you can almost guess what it is. And my drink. Notice the root is shin kaf hay, but this is uh, if you look it up in absolute form without that suffix, it's uh, shikui or shik. Yeah. Okay. So, and my drink, um, bit veki, with veki, the Hebrew root baka means to weep, and so veki means weeping. And my drink with weeping, masakti, I mix. So again, I eat dust like bread, and I mix my drink with weeping. Okay? wow um, now here we go again verse 11 we'll stop here because but notice where his turn where the turn of his thoughts go mipane zahameka vekitspeka ki nesatani vatashlikeni because of see this mipne because of zahameka because of your wrath and Ketzef and your wrath Okay. so notice I eat all these things I do all these things here's the bottom line because of your wrath and your wrath it uses two synonyms for wrath because of your wrath and your anger so notice how that pops into his mind and it kind of comes back from verse 3 do not hide your face from me so notice he's interpreting his experience as theologically Yahweh's, God. Yahweh's angry at him so see the enemies the pain that he's under. What? Why is this happening? Well, he has a theological reason. Yahweh is angry at him. All right. Key. Now notice uh, here for. Or I would again translate this with a more assertive for. Certainly you have lifted me up. See ni, second masculine singular perfect call. Certainly you have lifted me up. Vatashlikeni and you have thrown me down. Shalak. Hifil vav consecutive. So. Because of your anger and your wrath, certainly you have, have lifted me up and cast me down. So again, you get this picture of someone hurling him and uh, doing damage that way. All right. Any questions through verse 11? See how interesting the psalm is? It's very vivid and actually a very moving psalm. It'll be interesting to see where he takes it from here. All right. Very good. Thanks for coming, and we'll meet you next week. Thank you.